Welcome to Sp- Speak Sex. I am Eve Eurydice. I am an artist and a writer from the island of Lesbos. Um, I have written three books on female sexuality with Scribner, Virago Press. I have written the Sex Files column for magazines in New York for years. I am a multimedia artist with female sexuality, female objectification, the dichotomy between our bodies and our minds and how to liberate that from the dominant culture um, for my entire career. And um, the purpose of this podcast is to demystify, familiarize us with um, all things woman, sexual, all things forbidden, shameful, which are actually positive and beautiful and magical. Um, so the more we talk about it and what the more we speak it, I think the more um, you know easy and pleasurable and acceptable it becomes. So that's why I named it Speak Sex. I actually have girlfriends who are like, I want to send, you know, share episodes with my friends, but I kind of want to say sex. <laughs> I'm like, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. <laughs> I could have said speak truth. <laughs> you know, I could have said something, anything else. The, it's exactly that. That's the first step. Just say the dumb word, sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer on Jolt Radio. <laughs> 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 Today's guests are two um, beautiful young women who I'm excited to hear uh, from. Um, Giovanna Gonzalez and Angel Garcia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) So, um, Giovanna and Angel are artists who've just teamed up and created a new Mm -hmm. uh, collective, art collective here in Miami, uh, Coin In, Coin Out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I invited them to tell us, to talk to us about themselves and the work because I felt that they are sister sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know who wants to start and if you uh, want to speak one at a time. Right. My question would be, uh, tell me about a little bit about your journey. The, you know, the, he- the heroine's journey. <laughs> each, each one. I want to hear that, you know, genesis, you know, how one begins and how one comes to this moment where you have um, this collective and how you present that, you know, yourselves and the work in the world. Okay, cool. Do you want to start? You want to hear about like our personal practice first and... Or about the project? Or about the project. Both. I I, I want the (laughs) narrative. I'm sure you have one. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Maybe it would be good just to start with coin and coin out and then we can work backwards and like separately. That's good. In some way. Um, So, yeah. It's it's a project that we both started most recently and but Angel and I have known each other for almost two years now. Yeah. Um and yeah, we both have our own separate artistic practice, um, but then came together to build this sort of collective mm-hmm. uh practice. Um and I guess like how it started is that we were obviously interested in the same things, same topics. Um, and so the space is called Coin and Coin Out, which is actually a gambling term. Um, and the space is in the 777 mall, which mm-hmm. is in this kiosk. And it kind of, the whole thing got inspired by this like slot that's available yeah. in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since the the mall is quite old all we have is like speculations as to what, what, what was, was there, there before. yeah um so i don't know we were like maybe what they does Giovanna, what does it mean in gambling terms coin in coin out right so slot machine slot yeah, machine mm. yeah so it's basically and correct me if i'm yeah. wrong but it's basically like um a way for them to calculate the amount of money going in for the amount of money they can release mm-hmm. um so it's like an input output calculation okay so it's a house term like yeah, the, the yeah. House, okay mm-hmm. and are you super conscious of capitalism then since you yeah. chose that mm-hmm. yeah good yeah yeah and so how does that fit in with farm women being women in this in that space? Right. Um, I think. Well, you know, there is like first our connection was um, 
you know, how is like the art market, like where transaction exists there? Mm -hmm. You know, um, we started the project during Art Basel and that really kind of messes with the market in Miami. Um, so we wanted to really, I don't know, just kind of like touch upon how that is affected, like specifically in our city and how Art Basel really restricts our community from, I don't know, like developing on its own. We're like constantly focusing on how to prepare for Art Basel and, you know, whether or not a collector is going to pass by into our space and buy something or things like this. Instead of like building on the community, we're like constantly focusing on yeah. this like yeah. fair, basically. Yeah, feedback and... Um yeah, that 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 idea that you need approval from an authority, right. power, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and I, I think gallery, like, you know, what all, all of that. Yeah. yeah, and I think like also like on a very obvious sort of connection, like to ideas of like sex and money is like that's sex is like one of the biggest like selling points, you know. So it's just like especially like being a female woman talking about ideas of transaction and commerce mm -hmm. and monetary transactions. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's like at least in my mind probably one of the first things you think about, right? Yeah, it's true. Just, like, true. And also, like, as two women, how are people going to, like, receive our project? Are they going to come and want to hang out with us because we're, like, two cute girls doing a project? Or will they really take us seriously as, like, a force in the art market or in the community? So playing with that also. Yeah, and, like, challenging people's, like, perception of what we are doing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so... I guess specifically for this installation, we did the Kissing Oracle. Mm -hmm. which well, I guess we should start. So should we start with like the whole What is a Kissing Oracle? Yeah. What is a Kissing Oracle? Well, maybe let's start, I guess, with like the name of the, the I guess, the exhibit. Um, it's Seven Minutes and Neve. So Neve is heaven backwards. And we like um, we developed a multi-sensory installation that everybody can experience as a singular audience member for seven minutes, sort of taking from the sort of like the kissing game seven minutes in heaven and um that like do you know about this no i don't oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like a version of spin the bottle you spin the bottle uh and it points to another person and the two of you technically go into a closet and are like left to your own devices for seven minutes wow yeah so it's just like out. i think i i was in the other country when yeah <laughs> <laughs> when that was age appropriate because yeah. i missed it yeah <laughs> Yeah, so there is like this expectancy that like something romantic and intimate happened within this seven minutes in the yeah. dark. Yeah, the and dark so and you're supposed to like kind of confess when you come out like oh, what, what happened. happened. Wow. Yeah, and this is like a kid's. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's why I missed it. <laughs> yeah. But th that's really hard. Yeah. To come out and say something about it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's just hard to be in that space in general because it's also like it's been the bottle, so there's like this like anticipation of like you hope that you it goes towards the individual that you're maybe like have a crush on at that time yeah but it can totally go the other way you know or it can be like the complete opposite like um, you end up with somebody that you hate or it's yeah like super awkward and like if you don't like it seven minutes is a really long time it's a very long time oh no it's a very long time period like so. you can definitely make babies etc <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um, so we were kind of wow. like riffing on that. Mm -hmm. And so we, if you decide to come into this space, so you can only, th the windows are frosted. So you actually can't see what's inside of the space unless you enter and agree to this like seven minute experience. So you have a closet? It's, it's like, basically like a closet. It's like a size. The space. The space. The, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. The space, it's a, it's a kiosk. So it's quite small. What is it? Like six, five by six yeah or something like this so it's who who decides who makes out with home <laughs> no so <laughs> you actually go in the space by yourself so yeah. it's about your oh. own intimate experience yeah Ooh. yeah and, and then you come out and and speak to it yeah i mean some i think people do like naturally so there's like a soundtrack that's with yeah. it um that we made together there's mm -hmm. like a whole art installation there's the scent there's of a scent. yeah it's like it's literally multi-sensory so yeah, that's lovely yeah you're yeah. looking at things you're smelling something you can touch you can touch stuff you're basically well, you're you can touch to yourself I you can assume also you touch can yourself kiss people, yourself so yeah. To speak. Yeah. yeah people come out making that joke yeah so yeah. like yeah. also <laughs> we of course yeah we put like a surveillance mirror yeah um inside the space so then there's also a lot of people are like i felt like, felt like I was, I was by myself, yeah. but I also felt like I was being watched. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there was like this like 
I guess maybe slight paranoia that like maybe we had a camera outside the space, which we don't. Yeah. Right, but it's like, just like old Times Square peeping holes. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah. you like really get a chance in those seven minutes to like like think about like your boundaries with like within that space and also like uh, I guess like with the objects or like with the with the artwork like you can decide whether or not you want to touch things you can decide whether or not you're being watched which you're not but it really plays with your boundaries so yeah it's kind of cool yeah Yeah. no it's wonderful and I think also to tying it back to like doing this during Basel is Mm -hmm. that there's like I don't even know, like, 26, I think around, like, 26 fairs that are going on at the same time in the city. And so it's more about, like, not necessarily looking at the work, but about just being seen Mm -hmm. in these spaces, right? So, um, and so then, like, creating a space where there's art to look at and then asking for you to dedicate seven minutes within that space. I think a lot of people walked out being like, wow, I realize that, like, I do not spend a lot of time looking at work, yeah. you know? Um, and so having that, like, understanding mm-hmm. afterwards is another sort of experience that people yeah. go through. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I do like the idea of, like, collecting all the testimonies, you know, of how mm-hmm. people felt there. Yeah. that's, you know, like the quaking part mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 well it's uh, you know it's important i think that time you know opening up time mm-hmm. right and opening up consciousness mm-hmm. is revelatory so that's what you're doing in your artistic space but mm-hmm. that's something also that's i think healing in like private space and mm-hmm. you know private life and you touched on transactional sex. You know, I think that a lot of sex is transactional without the women being aware of it or conscious yeah. of it. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary, right? Like it's right. Not, mm-hmm. I think people automatically connect that, oh, it's like only transactional if it's monetary, but that's yeah. not true. Like yeah, at all. like sometimes you, f- sometimes you even feel like you just like owe somebody sex because you're spending time with them. Yeah. Or there's an expect- expectancy that like, hey, like I just paid for this. Like yeah. I just took yeah. you out. Like we just did yeah. this. Like, like what do I get? What do I get? Yeah. 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 There is that kind of inherited, um, you know, instinct Mm -hmm. that the body can betray, should be, Mm -hmm. uh, is expected to be traded for, you know, uh, status or you know, social favors. Like your time is not valuable. Exactly. Yeah. You and your boundaries, your yeah. right, and your boundaries are not strictly your own, mm-hmm. you know, that there is like a whole social code that you have to go by, which then, you know, uh, isolates you from your body completely. Mm-hmm. So you turn your own self into a thing. Yeah. Because otherwise you can do it, you know, you mm-hmm. can participate in this transactional way of exchanging, you know, intimacy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that the dating apps are have made that even more pronounced yeah yeah right sure. and incidentally yeah. they're also like what is everybody saying i don't know too much about this but like apps like or programs like tinder and stuff they the way that they look and the way that you use them is really similar to slot machines and mm-hmm. gambling so like you have a very similar uh, experience there uh, which is pretty wild. Yeah, and like the expectancy yeah. is like, if I do this enough, I'll get something. Yeah. Right? So it's like the same right. as a slot like machine. Trying your luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, trying your luck. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly like the slot machine. That yeah, and I yeah. just. And it's learned. equally dehumanizing. Exactly. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Um, you learned what? Yeah. I, and also, I recently learned that there's. Uh, you have the ability within like an app like Tinder to actually upgrade and pay like an extra like $5 or something a month so that you can have more opportunities of like swiping. Because I guess yeah. there's like a limit. There's like a cap <laughs> per yeah. day, which is like. Or you can like unswipe. Like, yeah. Ba- if it's you like, just like fucked up and like. <laughs> what does this swiping culture yeah. do? Yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's it's, it's so pretty empty. De- yeah, it's yeah. pretty empty, dehumanizing exactly. in a lot of ways. It's so superficial. Yeah. How can you tell from like a few edited photos anything about a human? You can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, like t- 
to each their own, right? Like right. at the end of the day, and I think oh, yeah, to each their um, own. And ultimately, like I do know people that are in relationships from using dating apps. That's so true. like I don't want to completely like discredit that, but right. at the same time, I do. I think it's like important to go within those spaces and be conscious about what you're doing and mm-hmm. what you're interacting with. And I think a lot of that ties back to this idea of like time. So like, do we give ourselves enough time, time right. to reflect on these decisions? Right. To like say like I don't need to give you an answer right now or yeah. even yourself or whatever. And I think um, especially now within like the digital era, we things are happening so rapidly and quickly. Like we don't take the time to process things. Mm-hmm. So that's so, like I think something to be conscious about yeah. and aware uh-huh. about. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah, just take your time. There is, yeah. you know, like there should be a lot of time between all the highs. You know, this mm, yeah. <laughs> is like. You know, the high and low nonstop is is pulling you away from yourself, yeah. you know, from your core. You need time to figure out what you, who you are, wha- who you're becoming, what mm-hmm. you like, what, you know, you, what you might like more that you haven't even heard about yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. So time and consciousness and sobriety might be nice too. Because <laughs> a lot yeah. of this, ha- you know, a lot of this happens while you're like drunk or drinking or, you know, which again is alienating from who you are. Like right. you kind of, you know. It's another boundary. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think also to talking about the, the concepts behind the space, sort of the key, key things that we're exploring or ideas of like, luck vulnerability mm-hmm. um intimacy and yeah. like also like expectations so mm. like what is your expectation right. when you're walking when you're walking into a space like what is quote unquote what is an art space what's the expectancy of like what a gallery should look like yeah so we we also are like veering away from like calling our space a gallery or yeah, trying so to say that they're not exhibitions like yeah. but saying it's a kiosk and like finding our own language to use mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah, developing yeah. a vocabulary that just like really challenges that mm-hmm. all that transactions mm-hmm. yeah yeah because well, a lot of performance art is about that right yeah, yeah. yeah. and the the space primarily is like uh we want to use a space for performance so we're like really pushing the like like the limits of like our audience's understanding of what a performance actually is yeah so every little thing plays a part in that it's it's mm. developing slowly yeah. but right. yeah well a performance primarily going back to time is about holding stillness mm-hmm. you know basically anything you can do if you do it naked and without moving long enough becomes fascinating performance yeah and that's it just you know <laughs> i mean if you can do it for like a week continuously without covering yeah yeah it so yeah um again it's it's about that consciousness you mm-hmm. know putting yourself in like aware space mm-hmm. right um, instead of like reactive space yeah yeah I guess it's like maybe a good segue to talk about the, the kissing oracles because yeah. that's oh, like yeah, per- yeah. it's perf- <laughs> it's performative. I love it's that name. Yeah, yeah it's interactive. Um, and then there's and it's momentary. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Which is really interesting. Mm. And we've done it a few times now. Yeah, we've done it two or three times. Yeah. Two so what's times. the oracular part? Um, so the oracular part is well, I guess we can go through exactly what happens. So like. Gio mentioned the space has this window which we fogged and the window has a slot in it um, where like we assume like transactions happened and um, so there is somebody a psychic it's usually me in the space (laughs) (laughs) in the space um, and well we have these business cards that have a our business cards have a blank space in the back for like writing messages and um, what happens is an audience member comes and puts a card a business card through the slot and I'm just gonna maybe I'll just call them the oracles and then the oracle gives them a lipstick and what is it, a lipstick and a tissue mm-hmm. and uh, you put the and their hand through the slot so you put the lipstick on and you kiss their hand and um, so the oracle will transfer the lipstick mark from their hand onto the business card and write an intuitive message so the oracular aspect is like I guess whether or not that message or like the sort of the oracle or like the medium is like giving you a message that is relevant or that resonates with you in some way um, and then so the message is comes comes to Oracle mm-hmm. because of uh, the kiss because of the, the kiss the lipstick 
the yes. mark. So the lipstick mark, the so pressure the of the kiss, of your lips the shape of your lips, of yeah. mm, the way you yeah. kiss, the yeah. pressure, the mo- moisture content, yeah. Yeah. whatever. It's the, also the, individual, the, right? Like yeah. it's like per, per, that's what makes it also a very unique experience. Is mm-hmm. that like it's it's different for it's each person? D- it's different every right. time. Yeah, and it could be different for each person each time. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Your energy at that moment. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Oh, I wonder if somebody has done it more than once. Yeah, they have. They have. That's so really I, funny. I stand on the other side, and I like uh, I sort of guide people through the process, mm-hmm. and also invite people to come and do it because it's. I think there's some. You either get like two very extreme responses, which is like, yeah, I'm super down. I don't know what it is, but I want to do that. And or it's the other one where they're like, that's too weird. Like yeah. I can't. You so know what I mean? You're like the handler. I'm like and the handler. She's the psychic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like yeah, pimping the psychic kinda. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather say like I'm more like a hype person. Hype person. <laughs> no, I like the madam. Yeah. <laughs> like spiritual madam. The spiritual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and she is the the the, the vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love it. I really like it. It's yeah, really nice. It's been great. It's been like some people have cried. Mm. Some people have like like some people also like when I'm doing it, I literally have no recollection. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's, like, yeah. I basically... Yeah. Well, I li- that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I listen to uh, this Ramon song over and over again. <laughs> uh, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend. Oh, I know so this I song. So I just wow. listen to that song, just play it repeatedly, and, like, go into, like, a disassociative state. And uh, I, I'll come out, and people are like, oh, I was the one with the caterpillar. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I don't know. But people yeah. will, like, sometimes when um, I talk to them when they come out, they um, actually realize that they do have, like, through talking about the message, w- if they don't have a connection with it, they actually come to a realization that they do. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess that's an element of time, too, like, sitting yeah. with a message that, like, maybe like makes you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and you don't know why and then like really accessing that Mm -hmm. uh, feeling and building a connection with Mm -hmm. the message yeah Yeah. and I think like there also are people that are they're just like this is so spot on like Mm -hmm. who is behind there like or like you know they think like it's almost impossible for this to be like an intuitive Right, uh, practice yeah. And yeah. but process. we all have. I mean, it happens to be you, but honestly, anyone who can empty themselves of themselves, yeah, mm-hmm. and not be themselves as like you know their mom or their friends or mm-hmm. their dogs know them, yeah. yeah, they're gonna be in that state, and they're you know, and and it's a wonderful high to yeah. be without self, you know, mm-hmm. however, however briefly, and just mm-hmm. download, yeah, um, and. I mean, I call it the orgasmic state because I, I, f- I, f- I, I, I go into trance, you know, to do my work uh, often, and um, and it's the same as you know the state, the final state, you know, of orgasm after all has been done, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you no longer know who you know who you are mm-hmm. or, or how you got there, and you kind of unite with, you know, the greater, mm, I don't know, humanity throughout time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's I wonderful. Coming up with the lipstick and the and mm-hmm. the lips. Um, yeah, when mm-hmm. the kiss the kiss is really nice too because it's like, I don't know. It sort of like, I don't want to say like, it's this like obligatory intimate exactly. exchange, but it sort mm-hmm. of is. Like we have so we mm-hmm. think about our mouths so much and mm-hmm. like kissing so much and how like like who we do that with like what we're allowing mm-hmm. when we're kissing someone and like. Also, the style with which you kiss is really personal. So it's like Mm -hmm. if somebody is, like, willing enough to, like, kiss. Give themselves in that kiss. Yeah, Yeah, like, that's really nice. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, I mean, it was a pleasant surprise to see how many people were excited about doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also a way to pay homage. Yeah. So in, in like, traditional um, experience of Oracle, you know, the one who asks the question comes and pays homage in some way. Mm-hmm. Either does, uh, you know, libation or the sacrifice or in some way gives something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you give a token, you give a coin or coin in, coin out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kiss is the homage mm-hmm. that brings, you know, the reward or the message. Exactly. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then I guess to continue just the so we kind of do like a an art installation mm-hmm. that's like all sensory and then we have like at least like two programmings that come along with it so the last programming that we did or have is um 
a VIP party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So the VIP party is also, you know, kind of talking about like consumerism, but also like really, I think Basel is so heavy like in the air during this time of the year that it's impossible to ignore so we just like let's just acknowledge this beast right now and so um we talked a lot about how these like having access yeah having access like like, a lot of these a lot of what's happening around us is like be trying people trying to get into a vip party and like it's just to be on the list and everyone is vip and everyone wants to be at the front of the line usually the vip parties are really not very different from like or the vip like status that you can get if you go into a fair it's actually not different yeah 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 so um we wanted to create like this idea of we'll talk about ideas of access and accessibility mm-hmm. and exclusivity yeah because um, it is like a very exclusive thing so it's like there's like Basel that's like not originated in Miami like it's not like they hand out an invitation to like local artists like yeah. yo you can come to this you yeah. know VIP events and trash your city yeah exactly but it's yeah. it's for all of the outsiders you know it's yeah. not it's yeah. not geared but towards but also like our Basel is not at all like the original Basel the original right. no. Basel is very much geared toward the art and ours is geared toward the party. Yeah. yeah. It's just vastly different. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I went to Basel a couple of times and there is no comparison. Yeah. <laughs> they have like one fair. Yeah. <laughs> and the, there, there is one place where you all hang out and party. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's about it, you know, which is like a big restaurant bar. Yeah. Th- none of all of our, you know, uh, kind of like Latin excess, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I think is why people come much more for the parody in the scene and not yeah. really for the art. Yeah. Um, and I think as, as artists, um, if we become aware of it and just say, that's what it is, I get it. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you don't get caught up in this, uh, you know, I want to be asked, I want to be showing. Yeah. I yeah, wanna exactly. Be, like, you know, get caught up in the rejection. In yeah. the rejection, yeah. all of that. Instead, you're like, oh, it's something that has nothing to do with my practice at yeah. all. Right. You know, it could be like ultra or you know mm-hmm. wh- something else that, that comes to town and it's a big party and it goes and you know maybe you go out and hang out with people but you don't have to feel that um like anxiety anxiety mm-hmm. exactly right. of like are you counted are you you know are you accepted right yeah. and i know when when it, when it first came i actually did like a, almost a six year um practice which I called Occupy Art Basel that was back you know with the Occupy (laughs) Occupy movement that just vanished Um, but it was basically you know it was the same thing and for me it it was just a way for personal catharsis you know to find my way to liberate myself from the whole thing Mm -hmm. and it worked and it succeeded and I have been like (laughs) so healthy and happy ever since yeah (laughs) I don't even pay attention to you know to the circus of, of it mm-hmm. right yeah so i guess like basically what we created what seemed like a vip party yeah so we had like you can rsvp for the party um during the time like at the 777 mall like there's like a flood of people that are coming in yeah. so like i just we had these tokens yeah, these like tickets, t- these, like raffle tickets. Yeah, so I just went around and gave out the raffle tickets, but told people like, "Hey, you want to come to our VIP party?" Yeah, they're like, "Sure." I'm like, "Okay, here's this ticket." So, but I would do it like in a way like it was like an exclusive thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like that was like a very like performative um, segment of it, and then you know the way that you would have to enter into the space is that you would have to write put your ticket through write your name down so there was like this like other partial thing that always happens within like vip parties was like is your name on the list is your name on the list you know like there's uh-huh. like steps to be able to even get in yeah so creating that same sort of formula and then when you came in it was just a group of us hanging out so it's yeah. just like we didn't have any like, music we didn't have any music because there was like there was so people play so much music at yeah. the mall when there's an event but um yeah, you like you would write your name on the ticket and put it through the slot, and actually it was really funny <laughs> because like Gio would come out and open the door and be like, "Uh, I'm looking for like, yeah, so and so on the name." Right, right. So I just like slightly stick my head out so they still couldn't <laughs> see what was happening inside, yeah. and like just call the name, like, "Okay, come in quickly," and then like the next person would do it, and then there would be like yeah. a line, yeah. and then like a friend like downloaded an app to make like these really? sort of like party noises like angie oh yeah that's right like the burp, 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 burp. yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was that 
So then it like actually became a really big thing. So it's like essentially it was it was a it was a serious party. Yeah, it was packed. It was we packed. Were, we it was like sardines in there. Um, people were like cheersing above everyone's heads. Like people would leave and come bottles. back and yeah. then bring bottles of champagne. Yeah, and, like yeah. So it seemed like it was exclusive, but like literally anybody, anybody could well, come in. Anybody could come in. Anybody right. can come yeah. in. Right. Um. So sort of like flipping it on its head, so yeah. to speak, was but a whole idea. But it does the point. Yeah. yeah. Because you put the word VIP and people will travel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so it's like it was a moment for people to reflect of like, oh, like why am I so attracted right. to right. this word or yeah. this like, right. so-called experience? Mm-hmm. And then like creating this space where it was like, you're just hanging out with your friends and, you know, with good people and probably going to meet amazing people. And like this is, this is a good experience, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to mm-hmm. trying to be a you know, a part of a particular crowd of people, yeah. um, status quo, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, when also, like, literally being so close to the people in the space, like, mm-hmm. we were all touching. Well, because it's so intimate, yeah. It's exactly. So, mm-hmm. We were all touching. It's, like, actually so much it's more. It's the kissing than, like, closet. It's the kissing closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turned into VIP party. Yeah. <laughs> it's not live. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, so it was nice. inevitable that, like, you were going to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, and smell them. And yeah, touch them and the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. It got really hot in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I still recognize people from the party. Like, <laughs> we were there. Yeah. 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 We were close. Yeah, we were close. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, Gio, uh, tell me a little bit about your um, your own personal uh, story. You yeah. Know, um, where where you were, were born mm-hmm. um and also I'm, I'm interested to touch on your tattoo work um yeah, yeah. berlin yeah coven mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was born in los angeles uh i also went to school out there after i graduated from college i was more than ready to get out of the city um and so i on a whim decided I was going to move to Berlin and I just sold everything that I had um, and I just got rid of everything and I'm like there's n- there is no such thing as the right time the right time is when you make the and decision and how was your German at the time not good mm. like um, <laughs> but I think you had some yeah I mean no I like didn't have any <laughs> <laughs> okay but like uh, Berlin is particular in the sense that um, everybody's very cosmopolitan yeah. yeah exactly I shouldn't say everybody but there's a lot of people speak English so uh-huh. I knew or at least could gauge that it could be a good city, European city for me to start in, Uh to think about like living and sort of developing my practice and all of that. So I was like, well, at the very least I can start here, see, fill it out. Um, And once you're in Europe, you can like fly around and it's a lot easier. So I'm like, I can, you know, still explore all those other places that I'm interested in um, and it'd be an easy transition. And I ended up falling in love with Berlin and staying there for four years. <laughs> like, uh, the first two years that I was there, I hadn't even came back home and, like, didn't even blink an eye, you know? Like, it was just, like, two years had passed by, and I had to, like, consciously think about, like, I should probably go back home and, like... See my mom. See my... <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know? Um, but that's how, I guess, impactful the experience was, and, like, the city itself was for me and my practice. Um, and so, yeah, I... I honestly think that living in Berlin really has shaped who I am in a lot of ways and had has given me the ability to work through my ideas, but like my identity in a very um, accepting and comfortable way. Whereas like, I think if I would have stayed in a city like LA or moved to New York or any of these like dreamy art cities, um, I wouldn't have had the access to just practice my stuff um practice and fail and succeed and collaborate with people um because yeah it kind of really is one of those places where you if you have an idea and you want to do something you just do it you know it's not about asking for permission it's not about like waiting for someone to invite you to do it you're just like go for it you know uh-huh. um so that was very helpful in a lot of ways so while I was in Berlin I also um started showing with Coven Berlin which is a feminist queer collective and they do 
more alternative exhibition style programming where it's an exhibition, but they're not interested in creating like a, a white cube space. Um, it's about like the dialogue. It's about um, the workshops that they're offering. There's like performances. There's it's very much about like an interactive experience and also utilizing art as like a tool to talk about these topics and issues and like build a community. So I feel really grateful to have been invited to show with them like time and time and time again. And so, and to to build like strong bonds with these people there. So, and they've just been super supportive um, uh-huh. and they just are like in general, like in every uh-huh. shape form of the way uh nice yeah well you know i love the word coven yeah <laughs> yeah because that's in my opinion that's where most of like woman power for is sure still held yeah so i mean and that's that's another one of those words yeah you know, i could have said speak coven right <laughs> yeah speak sex but yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i mean and clearly like that's like the groundwork of their their collective is is this word and like the how much it embodies and how powerful it is. And I think it is about empowering, um, empowering people. Yeah, empowering, uh, yeah, people, especially women and and also honoring our ancestors Mm -hmm. and, you know, their knowledge that's been suppressed and, you know, in in a sense, their martyrdom, you know, because they they were demonized, burned at the stake, et cetera, Mm -hmm. um, for, healing and and you know trying to survive <laughs> within nature so yeah i think that is is uh, you know women in in the current moment and feminists it's it's good to um look back and and acknowledge mm-hmm. you know our foremothers um and um, also it, it's a it's a good opportunity to take a moment away from like social media Mm -hmm. and the internet and big brother, big tech and, and, you know, feel ourselves as part of the natural world. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think now more than ever, you know, we, especially women, you know, birth givers, uh, you know, need that relationship Mm -hmm. with earth. Um, so, um, and and also you know again sexually i think it's um it it can be very healing Mm -hmm. because there is no better way to figure out who you are sexually and what pleases you and and what makes you grow than being in nature Mm -hmm. you know away from all the the labels and you know the 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 given the the dominant labels at least you know and then you can come up with your own Mm -hmm. hopefully (laughs) um yeah yeah, I mean, I think with Coven specifically and also with my own individual work as well as, like, probably Angel's individual work, like, a lot of it is about the sort of push and pull between, like, we're not, I don't, at least for me personally, I'm not necessarily trying to detach myself from the, what's surrounding me. So it's like, you know, I do live in, like, the, the digital era, you know, like, and that is a part of who I am in my practice and it does influence my work and I think it's, like, about figuring out how to find like a balance between those things so I'm not like extremist in the sense of like completely detaching myself and I think that like within like the programming of Coven there's a lot of conversation around that but also a lot of conversation specifically about ideas of sex and what is acceptable and like um you know like there's been many times where there's artists that are also sex workers that are a part of the exhibition and that for some people is really controversial so it's like okay like well but why like let's have that conversation like let's open up the platform so that it's not so alienated to us as to um how how we think about these different things you know uh or think about what i guess normal sexual behavior is mm-hmm. um today i'm sorry to interrupt but yeah, it just no. came to me i'm driving here and my phone says breaking news you know and i look on my phone of course instead of driving and the 77 year old owner of the patriots um was caught like getting into a strip club or a Chinese massage parlor or something like he was trying to pay for a hand job. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the poor guy's name. Wow. But I mean, that's how 
fucking repressed and puritan yeah. we yeah. still are yeah. yeah you know dude like he is he's 77 i would think Aww. this is super exciting that he's still interested <laughs> in yeah. like getting out of his comfort zone and whatever you know paying somebody to give him pleasure yeah right. just like let the poor guy get an hj and no shame <laughs> right the shame oh you know God. like let's broadcast it i mean i was really it was it was one thing to have like that other the actor you know jesse that was breaking news too <laughs> yeah um you know he staged his own hate crime i mean yes but it's not breaking news you no. know mm-hmm. and now this it's just it, you know, it's all about shame mm-hmm. and gossip, and, you know, at the at the lowest level of like the neighborhood, you know, n- talking about people. You right. know, that's our breaking news. You yeah. know, we don't know. It's not about politics. So I don't know. To to me, the idea that it's like the twenty first century. <laughs> yeah, that like sex this is, is still how a taboo. We, yeah. 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 Or like paying for a hand job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean. We live in another planet, I guess, then. But this was like the New York Times. Oh right. I mean, I think that uh, it's obvious that a lot of ideas around like sex and companionship and relationships is still very much embedded into religion and Christianity. Um, so it's, you know, it. W- I think it's like takes a time to separate yourself from those notions even if you're not like a following you know you're like a practicing christian exactly like it's still so So much deeply embedded in our subconscious exactly yeah and in our culture and so um there is judgment that gets passed because because of that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah angel tell us a little bit about your story um, where you from? How you became an yeah. artist? How you identify in this world? Um, I was born in Miami. Mm. I grew up here. Oh, local. I lived in New York for a few years, but I've been back for a while now, like four years. And um, I always practiced art in one way or another, except for when I was in college. I studied literature. And... Um, then when I came back to Miami, I had an apprenticeship. So sort of like a tattoo apprenticeship. My like way, I was getting tattooed in New York. And I guess my way to get back into being creative was, you know, I was really into the culture. Um, or I was interested in the culture, rather. I don't necessarily agree with uh, the sort of like the practice, how people practice or like mainstream tattoo culture is sort of weird. Well, it's like male-dominated. Yeah, it's male-dominated. It's yeah. a little misogynistic. It's a little bit uh, harsh, I guess. Um, and um, well, I got an apprenticeship. I did the thing. I worked at a bunch of shops, and um, I had a hard time because I was a. I just I worked really hard. I think I developed a style very quickly. So my base is an American traditional tattooing um but like very quickly i started incorporating like queer bodies and uh like sex toys into my illustrations and um that was really unnerving to a lot of people specifically like uh young men that i was working with and i got a lot of you know i got a lot of like that shitty feed i got a lot of shitty feedback and uh i was sort of i was like bullied and people would like mess my mess with my flash or like yeah wasn't there an incident where some dude just completely yeah yeah yeah. there's this guy drew all over her flash book her sketchbook yeah there was this guy at a shop i the the last shop i worked at which i now have a private studio um the last shop i worked at uh this guy had been like harassing me for i only worked there for like four weeks (laughs) (laughs) but this guy had been harassing me and um you know i I took a walk in, whatever. I did, like, actually a pretty cool tattoo, and he was what I assume was very jealous. He was upset that I took this client. Uh, he, like, threatened to beat me up, <laughs> and then uh, I just decided that that would be my last day there, but I accidentally left my sketchbook or my book of Flash at the studio, so I went back the next morning to pick it up, and um, he was there. It was really awkward, and I got my car, and I just, like, I was, like, I feel like I got to look through my book and see if they fucked it up like I had this like this like feeling that they did and I looked through it and they drew a bunch of 
like dicks on my pinup wow. girls, which was actually like, Vandalism. you know, it was it, yeah, but it was actually uh-huh. actually also like sort of. Um, I don't know. Is that he sort of helped me? I mean, like, <laughs> it wasn't he. It was great. I was like, how did? Yeah, I was like, how did you know that I would actually like this? Yeah. Like, I was not. While I was offended that he like touched my things and like, you know, ruined some of my drawings, I actually like. I don't know. It just like opened up a whole other avenue of illustrations for me. And like, most of my clients are queer, and um, that's really special. That's something that I like take a lot of pride in. And um, a lot, like I said, a lot of the bodies that I'm drawing are like androgynous or like intersex or, and I don't know, it's really great. It is so, really great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you find that you, um, find, do you find yourself in the same kind of like psychic or intuitive space when you work on a body? Oh or? my God. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's definitely like, and I'm sure Gio can attest to this or like relates, but like besides the fact that you're like really close to somebody, mm-hmm. physically close to somebody and touching their body, mm-hmm. when you're actually like in the process of tattooing, like um, you kind of like you, you're kind of meditating, yeah, you know, sure. just like if like, right. and a lot of people experience this, I'm sure when they're drawing or painting, like I in all the art that I do, that's sort of the, my meditation. Right. So in the moment when I'm tattooing somebody, it's like, it could, it could be done in like it feels like it's a second long yeah you know you just like really dive into the moment into like the motion and like the, the intensity you know like it's also oh, the intensity it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also you like have to concentrate yeah, yeah. And it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing than, for people to yeah, also trust higher. you yeah, yeah. the yeah. stakes are really high it's it's actually very stressful i mean mm-hmm. like if i if i mess it up i can't take it back exactly yeah, yeah. and um a, a lot of these people are like a lot of these people a lot of my clients um while I do have a hard time getting people to, you know, want or like get the tattoos that I design, a large portion of my clients are specifically coming to me because they heard that my practice is alternative. Nice. So um, they know that I'm going to be more caring and more attentive and like um, considering boundaries in a different way or considering care and like intimacy within that space in a particular way. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're very vulnerable to me. A lot yeah, of, pe- of course. Yeah. Well, as we said in the beginning, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the receiving body has to be in stillness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a meditation for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I um, you know, you can take advantage of that, you know, play the music or mm-hmm. however, and help them enter that state. Yeah. Because usually a client may not consciously be in that state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I when think you are, I feel like there is an exchange of, of energy. You know, you mm-hmm. give and you receive that's you know intense right i also think that um something that i appreciate uh that like tattoo artists like angel and myself and a few other people that we know is that even though someone is giving you permission to do a tattoo let's say on their stomach like to still be conscious about like hey i'm gonna move my hand here is it okay if i Mm -hmm. you know like put my hand here Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and like realizing like just because this is, again, like a transactional exchange of like wanting something, you know, they want a tattoo. I think it doesn't mean you have full liberty over their body, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think, I mean, yes, yes, it is transactional. But again, for me, as a, as a, as a person who gets tattoos, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's much more of a spiritual exchange. For sure. I mean, I don't, so I don't think the, necessarily the for us. It's a little like that yeah. homage, yeah. you know, you give Definitely. the money in token right mm-hmm. right but i mean the artists who have who have you know written on my body i feel very you know spiritually and energetically close and intimate yeah. with yeah it, it's a it's a unique relationship but it's real you mm-hmm. know yeah. and in a sense i carry a little bit of them yeah you know in my dna in yeah. my, you know epidermis they're mm-hmm. there yeah. so we're kind of like all together um and yeah you know in energy mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's a you know very, very uh, transmor- transformative or transmogrifying mm-hmm. uh, you know experience, totally. especially for, sure. for the one who receives it if they yeah. do it in consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why going back to who's doing it and the space that you're in is so valuable and important, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because yeah, it's all important to like think about in advance. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's <laughs> you're not gonna have that that same experience in every space, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. And also, you don't want, you know, there is no comparison. And that's again, takes us back to sex. You know, it's it's kind of like having sex when you're drunk and it's impulse versus, you know, 
finding the right person, creating, you know, finding the right space mm -hmm. and, and getting consciously in that. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. In that mode. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That mode. Yeah. It's really nice mode. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think the, like, the tattoo thing is also another thing. M many, many of all the many things that Angel and I share in common. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In our practice. Um, yeah. Like in, so in Berlin, I started uh, doing stick and poke tattoos. Yeah. Um, with a friend of mine called Mel Jones. And so we called ourselves Girls That Poke, which is definitely like <laughs> a, pl a play on words. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it was more about, one, I just wanted, I was always interested in the practice, but um, um, and then people started to ask me to do it for the most stuff. And I like, I do very much like value the, the intimacy that happens. And the trust. Within, yeah. And the trust that happens. And also like, doing it stick and poke is something that takes so long yeah. <laughs> depending on what you want so like it's a slower process so you're really like spending and you feel like right. each and every poke mm -hmm. that right. like it's the original yeah the original uh, tools yeah yeah exactly right. um so yeah i mean i i very much think it's like an intimate space and i I value those people that allow me to do yeah. that and I trust them and it's also like doing it in my home and not yeah. necessarily like in a yeah. shop and, and yeah. that too comes from like ancient practice like right. you know sc spiritual scarification mm -hmm. yeah you know shamanistic practice mm -hmm. that's especially that you know the Pope that's where it finds its origin yeah. right yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then there is that whole uh, you know prison like exactly. history in you know yeah. in prison culture mm -hmm. which I think you know validates it in an altogether other way yeah. mm -hmm. well thank you for coming this was yeah. uh, this went by so fast yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you have to come back yeah i feel like we didn't even oh, touch on half the things i wanted to talk about sure. yeah yeah but um we thank can do you. a part two yeah we'll do a part two i'm down yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening we're gonna go on a short break and come right back with uh, my next guest and uh uh, thank you for trusting me as your sexy whisperer. Bye. Bye.